You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week, we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 102. Whether you're just starting a business or if you've been at it for a while, today's guest will shed light on the important things that tend to fall to the wayside. Bob and I covered every topic from taxes to love languages in this conversation. I think you'll enjoy this episode, especially Bob's down-to-earth approach to the often forgotten aspects of business, finding your calling and aligning with who you truly are. Hi, Bob. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome, Maria. It's good, good to be here. Could we start with your new business venture and how you found yourself helping people in the small business arena? Absolutely. I love to talk about this. It's very, very fresh in my mind. We, My business partner and I had quite a bit of experience in our industry, about 27 years combined. And you would think that we were kind of settled in and working for an organization that we loved working for for many years and, and learned a lot of lessons there. But we kind of got the entrepreneurial itch in the past during the pandemic, believe it or not. And that led us to really think about what our purpose was and really how we were serving people, how we were helping them. And, and was that really fulfilling for us? And we found two things. The first thing we found is that a lot of the business and work that we were doing was helping people, but it wasn't necessarily making their lives better. That we were fixing problems in the financial industry. We're helping people cover things that that were very, very important, but almost like necessary evils, it felt like. And we wanted to, uh, we kind of wanted to pull away from that a little bit and, and do more of the deeper emotional planning with people to help them feel more fulfilled and enjoy their life and, and use the resources that they've been blessed with. And ultimately, we realized that's what would make us feel as fulfilled as possible. And so here we are now. We had, I wouldn't call it a big business, but we had a very healthy, mature business working for another organization for many years. And now all of a sudden, um, we took a big leap and we're starting from scratch. And so that only happened in the past month. And I know where this is earlier in, in 2021 when we we're recording this, but uh, by the time you hear this, probably about six months or so we've been in the business and it's been an amazing ride and we've learned a lot and we really work well with people who are kind of in a similar situation that we were or that we are right now. And so they, they either own a small business or they, a family member does, or somewhere along the line, there's business involved. And we're really helping them be as wise as they can possibly be with their finances so that everything else in their life can fall into place and they can feel fulfilled and, and feel joy in the work that they do every day. So what are the biggest pitfalls that you see a small business owner falling into? Well, from, from my perspective, I've seen working in the financial industry, I, I, Absolutely. They're struggling to keep your budget together, uh, struggling to understand your tax situation are very detrimental. It's important to understand those things. And that that would be high on the list, if, if not number one, very close. One of the other things is time management. And when you, when you own a business, I, I've heard this said many times before, it's great to own a business and you get to make all the decisions. But when you own a business, you have to make all the decisions. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> I don't know about you, Maria, but I don't know if you've ever experienced decision fatigue, but personally, and also with the people that we work with, I've seen this be an issue quite a bit because you have to make so many decisions. And so I've actually found it's better to, to make quicker decisions 
A, because it saves you time, but B, also it lessens that decision fatigue so that you're not, you're not always feeling like there's groundbreaking, really important decisions that are weighing over your head. That's really great. Well, I think if you develop a really good sense of where you stand, where your values are and what you will or won't do, it almost puts that on autopilot. So you don't have to actually think so much about each decision. So I think that's also another helpful thing is to kind of figure out what are your standard operating procedures and knowing, you know, exactly where you fall on a, on a topic, whether it's, you know, doing free work or helping Mm -hmm. in a charity or whatever, it just depends on, on where you're at. And if you could decide all of those things beforehand, whenever that comes up, it seems like it's less work to come up with the answer. I know. I love that. Actually, that's, that's a great way to put it. If you can lock in, if you will, those things that, you know, the decision-making process has already been established. That does make it a lot, a lot easier to to, to navigate those all of those processes that you have to make decisions on throughout the day as a business owner. Yes. And about time management, or do you have any suggestions in helping people to <laughs> figure yeah. out how, you know, yes. their schedule? Yes, definitely. First of all, the, t- the calendar tools that you can use these days for me have been a lifesaver. In my former role, I was technology was not our strength. And so much of my calendaring was either having an assistant or just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and hopefully it didn't overlap and my calendar on my phone and then my calendar on my computer and not keeping it all together. But tools like Calendly and Schedule Once and Acuity, if you can use those, they have free versions. You might, you know, if you have show notes or something, you can put these links in there. Sure, and yeah. They make it super simple where people can just jump right on your calendar and I've, I've heard this one too, you know, Bob, it's not really personable to, to just throw someone on your calendar when you meet them on the internet or something. And I've, and I've, and I understand that. And it, there, there's a tactful way to say, Hey, you can jump on my calendar. And my suggestion is something to, to the effect of this. Really appreciate that you want to meet Mr. Or Mrs. or whoever you are. It's great to connect. I'd love to kind of hopefully deepen the relationship. I typically, the best time for me to talk and have these type of conversations are Friday mornings. Uh, but if it's easier for you, here's my calendar and you can just jump on the, jump on it that way. And that way it gives them the option to say, oh, sure. How about f- f- Friday at 10 or Friday at 12? Or they can just go right to your calendar and, and book it. And that saves me so much time. I mean, if you think about it, during the pandemic, my networks uh, on LinkedIn specifically has grown so much. There's so many nice people out there. If you, if you just ask people, they're more than willing to talk with you. And it's grown so much that if I had to schedule all these things by hand or using my mind or it just forget it. So now I just do the calendar. It probably saves me 20 minutes with each person I talk to, which if you right. think about it, it's a lot. I mean, that really adds up. Yes. Yeah. Well, it also seems um, like you can set actual times, like, you know, office hours, if you will. And I think that's one thing we forget as business owners, you can work all day long and not have a good stopping point or starting point for that matter. So I love the idea of having a calendar that that says, you know, hey, I, I do these interviews or whatever on Friday mornings. So it it really seems to take the the work out of it. Totally, totally. My wife's a teacher and she's been very stressed this year teaching virtually and in person. Her students, she teaches kindergarten. So hmm. she is the bastion of patience. Uh, I, that's why she married me. Um, and so- <laughs> So she's a very, very patient person, but I've seen her grow a little bit impatient this year because she has 
extra work to do that's after hours and things come up unexpectedly and it's no one's fault per se over at the school and the administration, just things come up. Kids are getting tested for COVID or they need an assignment or, and she's got to do work that's unexpected after hours. And I've seen it really stress her out. And now she has a couple parents of her students that have taken up these side hustles, if you will, this year that are, some of them are actually turning into like, like this one lady, she, she, she bakes and she's got an excellent, uh, small business created just in the pandemic. And she's a perfect example of someone that is all of a sudden fielding all these phone calls and could easily be baking or taking phone calls till midnight every night. And she's had to implement calendaring system so that she can just turn off at a certain point. And if you don't turn off, you're going to get burnout. I mean, speaking from experience, I have a tendency, I don't like stopping things. So if I get started on a project and I can't finish it that day, it's very challenging for me to go to sleep or to pick it up the next day. So I do have to have that time. So I know that my calendar, for example, when when six o'clock comes on most days, that's it. I mean, my, you can't book an appointment with me after 6 p.m. It's not because I don't like you. I don't want to talk to you. It's because I know that I can't serve you as well if I'm burnt out. Right. And, you know, it doesn't it seem like if you set time aside, if you say I'm only working these hours and then you set time aside for family dinners or an outing or whatever, it seems like you're more intentional about being there because, you know, you already put in, you know, X amount of hours into your business. So you don't have that guilt of of being here, but really your mind is somewhere else. Yes. And I would, so another piece of advice when it comes to time management is know your productive period, know your time of day that you're the best. And I know for me, that's probably from somewhere between 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. I know that those four hours are like my peak productivity. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's 1045 right now. So you're getting me during my peak productivity. <laughs> yes. Um, so if, if we we're talking at 3 p.m., my advice would be half as good. But <laughs> so, <laughs> so know that period of time for you and make sure that the things that mean the most and that where you need to be your best fit into that time period. And it doesn't have to be eight to four. It could be 12 to four. It could be, you know, two to six, who knows, or maybe your period's shorter or longer. I don't have scientific studies on this, but I can absolutely tell you that there are times during the day where you are more productive than others. Right. And how do you find those times? Like, what do you, like, how do you think you measure your productive times? First of all, how I feel right if I, if i know that i'm if my mind is telling me okay i'm excited or i want to take on this other project i'm motivated that's the simple biological thing that we're all been given right we you right. know when you feel like doing something better or you know when your mind is up for a challenge right and so we're we're talking about business here we're not talking about physical performance so you're the time for that it, that you're better working out might be different than this, but for mental productivity, it's when you when you can look at something new and be creative. If if you know that your mind's kind of shot and it's probably just the best time for you to kind of catch up on some emails or maybe run some invoices or or do some shipping if that's if that's your business, then that's different. So the first thing is knowing it in your mind. The second thing I found too is it habits are so important. And there's a book, I don't know if you've ever heard of this book, but it's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yes. Oh, I uh, love it. Yes. Awesome, awesome book. And you know, he's not concentrating specifically on business, but he's concentrating on on your life being more productive. And so that there's some great stuff in there on how to train your brain to be in good habits. And that right there, believe it or not, the mind 
you can train the mind just like you can train the body. So you may not actually know exactly when your perfect productivity time is. But if you know that for your business or for your situation, or maybe it's your family situation, if you have kids, if you know there's a specific period of time where it would be best for you to be most productive, you can practice habits that will enable you to isolate those periods of time. And that way you know, you can plan it out and you know when you're most productive. Yes, for sure. What I realized too is that when my kids were younger, I noticed that it was a lot easier for me to do things while they were sleeping. So I think it you know goes back to what you're saying that if you can find that chunk of time when you're able to do things, work around that. So for me, it, me it meant getting up a little bit earlier and working while the house was still quiet. And it really seems like moms struggle with finding the perfect time because they're trying to sneak it in in between nap times. They're trying to work during the the times that the kids are in school. So having that ability to pinpoint just a small amount of time and hopefully working a little before and after that with a couple of these tricks, I think really makes for a productive day. Definitely. Definitely. Making sure that you're just conscious of what it is. I mean, and there's no perfect scenario and things can change, but if you're just conscious of what, how you're using your time and, and like I, like we're talking about when the best times are, when your family, it's convenient for you. That right there is more than half the battle. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Can you explain a little bit about the services that you offer and the process? Like what does it look like to, to work with you? Absolutely. We provide modern financial management for purpose-driven families. And what that means is we want to take technology and all of the the things that are in this world today and use them as as best as we possibly can to help you manage your financial life, whether you're a business owner um, or you're an employee. And we generally work well most with people who have some sort of passion outside of just their business or their job. Or maybe their business does such good in the world that they're so passionate about, about it, right? And we want to make sure that you're not distracted by some of those technical things that come up in the world, whether it comes to your investments or your taxes or risks, whether it's risk to your business or to you and your family, we want to help you navigate those roads. And the process looks like this. We have a conversation with you and we want to ask, we, we basically want to do a podcast interview. <laughs> we want to ask you all kinds of questions about what's most important to you, whether financial or not. And then if we determine that our values align and our vision and mission will work well with you and your family, then we'll have a second meeting. And at that meeting is usually where we'll determine what exactly you need and if we can help you. And then if we can, or if we can't, we have a a vast network of people that usually, not every time, but usually we can kind of point you in the right direction because we want to make sure that you're, you know, we're providing some value. And then if we can work with you, then we have an ongoing process where we partner with you and we continue to monitor all of the things that that I mentioned uh, and more, including your tax situation and your estate situation, all of those things that probably aren't the most fun conversations. And it's our job to make sure that you're alerted when those things come up in your life or in your business's life so that you can be putting yourself, putting your best foot forward when it comes to those things. And we know that there's unexpected things that happen in life. And that's part of our job is to be as prepared as we can for those, for those items. And then ultimately our goal is for you to be as happy and as joyful as you possibly can in doing the work that you do every day. Got it. Well, sometimes it feels like the just being aware of some of these needs is is one of those things where you don't realize you need assistance maybe with planning your estate or tax planning. You don't realize you need it until you have an emergency kind of situation. So being aware of it ahead of 
time makes so much more sense than being reactionary and having to struggle to find somebody to help you figure things out. Excellent. That's an excellent way to put it, Maria. And I have found that entrepreneurial business owner people are amongst the most qualified people to make wise financial decisions because they're intelligent, they're motivated, and they're driven. But they're also in one of the worst positions to be able to do that because they're super busy, they have families, they have a, they have things going on. And if, you're do, if your business is performing well, your first thought isn't, oh, I need to make sure that I make the wisest decision with this purchase. Or when I file my taxes this year, I have to make sure my deductions are in order absolutely perfectly. Because it actually makes more sense for the business owner to spend more time doing what they actually love. And that's probably working on their business. And it's more wise for them to do what produces additional revenue and produces additional awareness for their business than to nickel and dime and tweak all of the, pull all the levers that you will need to pull when, when talking about the financial aspect of your business or your personal life. In fact, the personal life also falls by the wayside quite a bit. So, but that doesn't mean there aren't decisions and things that will come up and need to be made. And that's where we come in, helping you navigate that road so that you can continue to do those things. And then God forbid, if there is a tragic event, a major financial hardship or issue that you're that that things are in order to to handle that as well to protect you as much as you possibly can from those scenarios. What what time or what part in a small business journey is it a good time to hire someone like you? When when you've established what your main purpose for your business is. And I say that first because I know some people would kind of jump into business unexpectedly and I always encourage people to to take action so I don't want to encourage <laughs> to discourage people from starting a business but I think it usually takes some time before you actually figure out what your your perfect niche is or where you're where you're kind of working in your sweet spot so and I've seen that take anywhere from you know 3 to 6 months to a couple of years to be honest with you and so if you can establish what your true purpose is what what your ideal client workflow process is, once you've kind of established those sort of things and that you have a little bit more time to dedicate to a couple of the things that we'll have you do, assuming it makes sense for us to work together. So I'd say somewhere between, like I said, three months on the low end, a couple of years on the high end from a time perspective. From a financial perspective, I think from day one, you need to have the right people in your corner, whether it's doing your your bookkeeping or making sure you have a, an appropriate CPA or someone who understands how this, the rules in your state work when it comes to filing taxes and revenues. Those things are pretty important too. Those may not be the things that we can help you with immediately. But once again, like I said, if you know, we would be happy to point you in the right direction. Can you share a story or example of a client's journey with you? I mean, it doesn't have to be like, you know, ultra specific, but just so people can get an idea of what this looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that the first one that comes to mind is a gentleman that was in the military for, for years. And it, and the reason why his story is relevant is because he worked in that capacity for many, many years, but eventually decided that he was going to retire from, from the military. And he was very, very regimented. A uh, very smart gentleman who's a pilot, understood everything that had to be done. But what happened was, is when when he stepped out of that role, it was kind of a shock to the system because he he was doing the same thing for so many years. And so his wife and him and his kids were the nicest family. They had 
causes they supported, uh, charitable organizations, but they were kind of in this situation. It was still a young, they're still a young couple. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like he was in the military for 40 years. It was probably only 10 years or so. And they were still a young couple with a young family. And they had a lot of things that they really cared about that all of a sudden kind of lost their focus. They, they, they could not concentrate on those things anymore because it was a really stressful transition for them. And so when, when we met with them, we were, we were hooked up through a, a third party and our first conversation with them, I'll never forget. We didn't talk about money or finances at all. It was all about what meant the most to them now that his time was no longer drained so much by the travel and the, you know, the different lifestyle that they live, they could finally settle in. Okay. And so that initial meeting that like kind of pictured what it really is like to work with us. I mean, we have a conversation that probably doesn't relate anything to your finances and more about the things that you really care about. What kind of lifestyle do you want to live and what people and organizations do you want to be in communication with? So we had that conversation and it was determined that the we, we basically figured out what his perfect employment situation was going forward and for his wife, both of them, to be honest with you. And it was determined that that he could be a a part-time pilot for any airline he can get a job that would give him a job and that would enable him the flexibility to travel. And then his wife would also have the ability uh, to have a small business of her own. And she and she was kind of the small business owner and now he was the employee, but they had to navigate all this stuff and put all this stuff together. So we created a, we figured out the plan that would fit into their lifestyle so that they could support and financially be okay, but also still care for their children and have the same, they homeschooled the kids. And so they wanted to be available for them too. So we really talked a lot about their lifestyle and, and, and that system. And then once we got all that down on paper, to be honest with you, all of the financial decisions and things were very, very simple. We knew where they needed to put their money, how they needed to save. We, we, we knew that what their tax situation would be. There was a lot of details there that just fell into place once we understood what meant the most to them. Well, it seems like such an important part of the conversation because sometimes it happens that you create a dream of what you expect your life to look like, or maybe you have financial goals, but you create those really at a, at a stage when you're just becoming independent. So maybe at times we forget to look back and say, wow, look at everything we have, look at everything we've done, and maybe redefine what it is that your life should look like or what wealth looks like to you. So that seems like such an integral part of this whole business is to be able to actually dive into what your, your dreams are as of right now. ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers for a reason. With ShipStation, you can print all of your labels from one place. If you're like me, you're probably selling on more than one platform. ShipStation seamlessly integrates all of your sales into one place. So all you need to do is print your labels. Get a 30-day free trial when you click on the link in the show notes. ShipStation. Make ship happen. I really appreciate how you said that. What does wealth mean to you? And wealth doesn't necessarily mean money. And I'll have another quote for you. I'm, I'm working on a book right now. Uh, it, and I was doing some research and there's another book called The Psychology of Money by an author by the name of Morgan Housel. And one of the quotes that stuck at, uh, stood out to me, and I'm, I'm, I can't give it to you verbatim. I, I wish I had my notes in front of me. But he said in in so many words that you can't, expect the 
how did he say it? You can't expect your desires to be guaranteed to be satisfied by the assets that you have. And the premise is that spending money has become this far facade for having money. So it looks like you have a lot of money if you're posting on Instagram and Facebook and all the social media platforms out there and you're buying cars and going on vacations and and you know whatever it might be, right? So but when in fact the foundational premise of building wealth is actually saving your money. Mm-hmm. And it was so deep to me because how many people out there talk about wanting to have this wealth and it may not even necessarily be financial, but whatever it is, you have to save it. You have to enjoy it. You have to do the things that mean the most to you. You can't just spend them, if you will. Right. Right? So yeah, absolutely. In my mind, and, and you know, other people can think differently, but in my mind and what we do at Initiate Impact is we really want people to savor the things that mean the most to them. And I found by far Maria, that the people who are able to savor those joyful moments and times are the ones who are the happiest when they get to retirement age and they get to a stage in their life where they're not working 50, 60 hours a week. When they get to that point, they're much, much, and it, regardless of how much actual money they have, it. I know some people that are have a very, very modest living, but they're just so joyful because they do what they really care about. Right. Whereas I know some people who make quite a bit of money and that maybe that they're just a little unstable because you know the old song, more money, more problems. I mean, it right. happens. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Well, it does feel to me that if you have the ability to give a lot of yourself and also give of your resources, whether that's money or your time, I think that's more of uh, a definition that would make everybody happy as opposed to it only being actual money, money that makes you wealthy. It it seems like having the ability to give more of yourself and and give, whether it's donations or to give some of your talent away, if you're able to give more in life, it seems like that always fills the bucket more than money does. Definitely. So can I I tell you a quick story? Sure. Yes. I've had the pleasure, I've had the opportunity to take a couple trips to other countries with, have you ever heard of the organization Habitat for Humanity? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. Love, love working with them. And I've done some local work, just kind of volunteering, helping out. And, but I've also taken some international trips. And so one year, we went to an indigenous Mayan community down in Mexico. And I hablo un poquito español, so I, I speak a little bit of Spanish. <laughs> Fun. Um, so I'm thinking, all right, we're going to go down to Mexico. They speak Spanish. I've been to other countries where I felt like I didn't know the language at all. So this will actually be a reasonable experience because I can actually communicate with everyone. Well, we get down there and, and it takes hours to get there, multiple flights. I mean, we're in a very remote area and they don't speak Spanish at all. They speak a, a native tongue uh, that's not written, and it's known as Sotzil. And there's one person on the Habitat staff. Now, if you've ever been on one of these trips, they you know they, there's a staff there that's helping you. It's not like they're just sending us to this other country and good luck, right? I mean, they, there's mm-hmm. people that are helping you, so it's very, very organized. And we're building a home for, for other people. And let me tell you this, as a side note, I am not handy at all. I mean, I can barely use a screwdriver. So the fact that I'm going to build a home in another country is kind of ironic, but it's really not about that. It's about the effort. Like you kind of mentioned giving your time. Right. And so we go, we're down there and we're, we're about a week and a half 
excuse me, we're about a half a weekend because you're there for about eight days. And I took some people uh, that we know and people that we work with. And like I said, it's about them feeling joy and, and being fulfilled in, in the work that they do. So they really wanted to go down and help, even though they really weren't construction experienced either. So we're about halfway through the week and we are working hard. I mean, we have people from all walks of life. We have people that are early 20s. We have people that are in their 60s. It's a hundred and something degrees and super humid and people are exhausted, but they're working hard. Like I it just made me smile. Like I was so happy. And at one point, this huge storm comes in and it, you know it's kind of similar to, I live in South Florida and it's kind of similar like a, a, a storm can just come out of nowhere and it'll only be there for like 10 minutes right mm-hmm. so all of a sudden the, the water comes in it's lightning it's pouring rain we had to stop working and we have this one small little tent that everyone is trying to huddle up and this is like a village event so if you can picture this there's 10 or 12 of us and like it seemed like a hundred of them, probably more like 20, 25 people from this from the village that is helping this family build their home because it's just a huge event for the whole village. And so we're all piled underneath this tent. And there's no way, I mean, not everyone can even fit underneath it. We're people are drinking some water. Thankfully it cooled off. Well, <laughs> within 10 minutes, maybe it just stopped and it was a beautiful day all of a sudden again. And I was thinking, man, how are we going to get all these people to go back to start working again? They're, they were exhausted. And now we had our break. It cooled off. And I I must have blinked or turned around or something. And I kid you not, like it seemed like in 10 seconds, everyone was back hard at work immediately, moving bricks, hammering. Wow. And I told you I have no skill in construction, so I'm basically the human cement mixer. So they just send me, you know, I'm, I'm uh, here. We go. I'm going to march back over to the pile of cement because you're just mixing it on the floor, right? And I'm just using the shovel. But I, I caught Sebastian, who is one of the gentlemen that worked for Habitat, and he's the one. He's the only one that spoke Spanish and Sotil. So. He was like the main communicator. If it wasn't Sebastian, like nothing would have got done, especially day one before we could feel comfortable kind of motioning to each other. So I told him in Spanish, in my broken Spanish, and he understood that I was trying to tell the, the group there. I was like, Sebastian, can you tell them that like our group is loving this? We love being here and helping your family. We feel like we're part of the family. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So he calls over this, the, one of the young ladies, she's a teenager and she was the only one, she was like the main communicator of the family. She, believe it or not, she actually spoke like three words of English. So she was, she could say like, hi and hello. It was really cute. And oh. so he's going to explain to her in Sotil that we love them and we love what we're doing. And so he looks at her and explains this. And then there was no, it was like silence. And we kind of looked at each other. It was like one of those awkward pauses, like a triangle of the three of us looking back and forth. And we're like, and, I, and I'm thinking like, what's going on here? This is strange. Did she take it the wrong way or what happened? And he looked at me and he explained to me, he says, he said, Bob, I can't, I can't explain to them. I, I don't know how to do this. There's, they don't have a word for love. Oh. And I was like, what? How could you not have a word for love? Like if I didn't have the word for love, I'd be in a basket case. And so he kind of looked at her and they looked back and forth and I just kind of smiled. And then he started talking to her again. And I, I saw her starting to nod her head and kind of understanding what was going on. And then he he paused and, and looked over at me and said, okay. So he said, Bob, they don't have a word for love, but they express love through action. Oh, wow. Okay. And he's like, what you are doing 
is the most loving thing that someone could possibly do for their family. And it just like, poof, like my mind exploded. I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. And then we, then we, of course we looked at each other and smiled and it was like such an amazing experience. And I tell you this story because some of these people that wanted to go on this trip were extremely hesitant to go at all because they were stepping out of their comfort zone. And then talking to them after and telling them this story later that day, it was like emotional, right? You picture a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of adults just like crying their eyes out because they're so emotional about what this this experience they've had. And the lesson that I take from that is, well, there's two lessons. One is you got to step out of your comfort zone if you want to experience amazing things in life. So whatever it is, take action on it, do it, right? Definitely. And then the second thing is, is that people really just are starving for connection and supporting you know supporting other people as humans we have an inherent need to care for other people and if we can do that regularly our life will be so much more joyful yes well, that's a beautiful story and i'm not sure if you read the book uh, the five love languages but i know acts of service is a love language so that makes a lot of sense to me when i think of it in those terms that when you do something for somebody that really does you know exemplify what you're feeling for them so i think that's really cool that's an awesome yes. story. I've, I've read that book and you know my wife and I <laughs> try to make sure we're satisfying each other's love languages at times. And, right. and I found, I've actually, believe it or not, I found I had a conversation about this the other day with someone and he was saying how he's noticed that sometimes your love languages, depending on the season in life, can change and update. So I thought that was really interesting too, that, that it's important to know the people that, especially your loved ones for sure, you know, a spouse, a partner. Mm-hmm. to understand what their their love languages are but even the people that you work with like if you're a small business owner and you have you have trusted clients and people that you provide a service or or a good for understanding how they appreciate what it is that you do is really 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 important i mean if cuz there's some people out there who the most important thing is the presentation you know there's other people the most important thing is that you just get it to me on time right mm-hmm. and if you have the capacity to to isolate those special caring moments for your clients and the people that you that you work for and with and serve then you're 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 really making yourself stand out as a business owner if you know if you can create the perfect experience for the people that you provide a service for they're going to be so loyal they're, they'll never step away from what you do regardless of of what your product is and that's kind of the beauty of being a small business owner is that you have the ability to get really personal with the touches that you put on your business Definitely. I, I heard a story about, this one's not as long as the last one, but <laughs> I heard I heard a, a story or an idea about this one gentleman. I, I was listening to a podcast. I mean, I do a lot of my, I, I learn a lot from podcasts, believe it or not. And he was saying how what they do at their businesses is they provide, so when they have new clients, they, they partner with a local bakery, speaking of a small business. Mm-hmm. And this local bakery creates, I don't remember what it was, cinnamon buns or something. And what they do is they deliver they have a customized delivered box of baked goods or something for the off because they work with small business owners too. Okay. And they, they always send, regardless of the, the size of the order that they placed or whatever it is, it's not really a monetary thing. It was more just thank you for supporting us. Mm-hmm. And they get this customized uh, box of baked goods that they send to the office every every time there's a new order from this company. And so in some cases, it's almost become like expected that yeah. once a week that that they're going to have this these baked goods and they put it in the in the break room there and everyone from the business knows who they are. And he said, it's been the greatest thing to treat those people really, really well. And I'm sure it's brought them business tenfold. Right. And But it must make you happy too, as a business owner, knowing that you're putting a smile on somebody's face just by, you know, tuning into maybe something and saying thank you. Yes. 
And thank you is, that's an underrated phrase, to be honest with you. Right. Yes, for sure. Well, I think that when you're in the craft business or maybe Etsy or, you know, how I am, I sell on Etsy and on Amazon Handmade. I've noticed that it's almost... um, expected that you do something that goes a little above and beyond. And because people are typically running their small businesses out of their home, they still have that ability to add a personal touch to every order that goes out the door. So mm-hmm. it, it seems so important that if you are a bigger business or that you continue to, to do those little things, because that's the thing that separates you apart from a you know big business. Yeah. And I know, I know Etsy is a Speaking of big business, I mean, they have an incredibly huge stamp on the market there. Yes. Um, they probably, I mean, you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue that they that they do. And it could be easy for someone working in that system to just kind of roll with whatever it is, right? I mean, you just get into a rhythm and you're doing the same thing over and over again. But yeah, standing out and being unique in that place. And I would imagine in, in you know, kind of craft supplies and handmade items and those sort of things, you really do. I mean, it is about being unique, right? But what is your item and your craft? What makes it different than the next person? Right. That's the only thing that'll set you apart. Otherwise, you get lost in there's a, a hundred people doing the same thing or thousands of people doing the same thing. So it's really, I think, speaking to that person that that is your ideal client. Um, and you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but that's the whole point. No, you're not. And that that brings me to another conversation about finding the niche of people that, that you serve the best. Mm-hmm. I, I've learned that in the past couple months too about how important it is to isolate the ideal people that you work with. And not that that they're the only people you work with, but if you're making sure that you're serving them as best as possible, two things happen. One is they love it because you've tailored your service or your products directly to them. And the other thing that I've noticed too that's extremely valuable is you're creating this self-selecting system of what it is that you do. So if someone comes to your page and they look at your products and they're like, well, let me see, let me kind of think about it. Let me ask some questions. Let me test it out. It can actually take, it takes a lot of time. Whereas if you have, I would rather have a hundred people come to my website and 50 of them say, oh, this is crazy. I, I would never buy this. And the other 50 just love it, right? Then have 60 people kind of thinking, eh, maybe let me let me do some research, right? You want to have the people that are going to come in and you want it to, them to be in love with what it is that you do, or it's just not for them. Right. Yeah. And not get offended by that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And, and there, there's no offense taken. Like I, I was kind of saying earlier, there's some, you know, we, we, we meet with people all the time. And we say, you know what? We probably can't serve you that well. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And But what I'm learning is being more bold about what it is that you actually do and what you're best at. And it, it really saves you and those people time, right? So I don't I, I don't get mad at people to believe me. Don't get me wrong. I just appreciate that they're even willing to talk to us, right? <laughs> that, that I feel honored that you think that we're even worthy of a conversation. But if I know that it's not really a good fit, it would probably be better if we were, if you knew that by going to our website or knew that by watching one of our videos or listening to my podcast, like it's probably better if you understood that it's, eh, it's probably not a good fit rather than you having to come, you know, us doing a Zoom meeting nowadays. We don't see people in the office anymore because of the technology, but you see what I'm saying though. It's just, no, it's just good sure. to have a real solid niche. Right. Yes. And, and I, I agree with you. I think it makes for a better experience for both parties involved. Well, what has been the best part of running your business? It sounds like you were saying that you're more aligned with your purpose. Yes, definitely. And that's the, the overarching aspect. I mean, that's really why we why we did it. But 
not to beat that point too much, I, I can give you another thing. And the other thing is just creativity. Mm-hmm. I think starting a business is, is amazing. And while I'm not creating crafts and supplies, so I'm not doing physical creative, I'm not building creating physical things that are creative, I'm expressing my creativity in other ways through digital marketing and systems and developing a program that people really hopefully will enjoy. And I never had the opportunity to do that before. And so if you're someone who's kind of worked in a, in an industry for a while, or maybe you haven't, maybe you've just had some other job or you it's just something you're doing the same thing for quite a while. You kind of feel like you're it's getting a little monotonous and you're thinking about opening a business or starting something. I will tell you, absolutely. There are going to be challenges. It's going to be hard, but the freeness of being able to be creative and make your own decisions. Like you can design your own logo. You can, you can create your own social media posts. You can say whatever you want to say. You can write your own mission for your, for your organization. It's such a freeing feeling to be able to do that. And I mean, for me, that is huge. I'm doing a lot less work, if you will, than I did before because we're ramping up. I mean, we gave, like I said, we gave up quite a bit of, of service work to do. So I'm not working in the business as much as I used to, but I'm working so much on it and I love it. It's just fun. Yes. Well, where can we connect with you? And then I think you had mentioned um, a podcast too. So I'd love to hear about that. Sure. You can connect with me pretty much on any social platform at bobdepasquale.com where you can check out the podcast, which is called Speaking of Impact where we talk with people doing what they love and making a positive impact in the world. And there's also a blog on there. So you know, similar stories to the one about going to Mexico. I mean, we I talk about every week, I write about something else that's hopefully inspiring and also about making a positive difference in the world. And I'm working on my book. So Bob Pasquale, you can find all that information there at my website. And then if you're interested in um, the business, that's Initiate Impact. Dot com. There's all kinds of resources on the on the website there, and you can kind of see a little bit more about what we do. So that's that's everything. Perfect. And what about the book? When does that come out? The book is scheduled to come out for the holiday season. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Bob. Maria, it's been awesome. I, I love what you're doing at the show here. You guys have a pretty cool thing going, handmade CEO. And I like to think I'm kind of in that in that bucket. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Well, there you have it, my friend. Another passionate CEO sharing his vision with the world. I love how Bob's business is centered around your vision and your passion. Helping you find your fulfillment can be the most significant gift and the most defining thing you can do as a business owner. Be sure to visit the show notes to connect with Bob, check out his podcast, and buy his new book. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job. 